Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fisherman's Post Saltwater Podcast Series. This episode is titled Wade Fishing the Sound for Redfish and Trout. I'm going to be talking to Ryan White of Hatteras Jack and Century Fishing Rods. So we're going to be covering popping corks, topwaters, hard baits, and if there's time, natural baits, and if there's even more time, some flies to throw. So we've got a lot to cover about wade fishing the Outer Bank Sound. Uh, my name is Gary Hurley of Fisherman's Post. Fisherman's Post has been serving the North Carolina saltwater fishing community since 2003. We've been bringing you fishing reports, fishing information, fishing tournaments, fishing schools, and now in our latest and greatest effort, the Fisherman's Post Saltwater Podcast Series. And it's in this series that we reach out to our captain and guide friends from up and down the North Carolina coast and ask them to share with us their thoughts, their knowledge, their insights on how to catch more fish more often. But I think the more truer goal is to give you guys motivation, to give you guys enthusiasm so that you grab your family and friends and get out on the water spending more time together more often. I'm joined in this effort, and just as I am with every episode we shoot, by Billy Thorpe of Thorpe Creative. Billy, here we are, man. Welcome to another episode. Gary, good to see you, man. You doing all right? I am. I'm doing good. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to my friend Ryan White. I'm excited about the subject material. I'm happy to see you. Like I'm, I'm hitting all cylinders. It's a good day, man. It's a good day. I'm excited. I I'm think so. <laughs> if you two knuckleheads pull this off, I'm going to be real excited. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, man, it's going to be a good show. Good show. Uh, you been doing any fishing? I know you guys got a, at the time of recording this, you got a tournament coming up. So I know you've been working hard doing some of that stuff, but you've been doing any fishing on your own? Uh yeah man I do some, I get in a little bit I, at this point now I'm getting a little bit in every week man so I'm oh, yeah. I'm, I'm balanced I'm booking a lot of captains fishing on their boat no big deal <laughs> yeah. All right, Gary, let's go ahead and give a shout-out to our sponsors. First sponsor up here is R.A. Hitch. That is R.A. Hitch up in the Raleigh Apex area. They got hitches, bike, and roof racks, flat towing, goosenecks, fifth wheels, all kinds of truck accessories, and all the kind of trailer accessories that you would need. They're a very dynamic company. They've got an interactive website that will set you up with whatever you need in that category. And I like that that's in part, you know, in part they, they wanted to support the podcast, but they also want to get their name out. And a company like that makes sense since the podcast is far reaching. You know, someone with an online business such as R.A. Hitch, man, we're happy to try to help them out. One of our sponsors we want to shout out to here, Marine Warehouse Center here in Wilmington, North Carolina, and also the Charleston area. Got a quick video from those guys. We'll be right back. At Marine Warehouse, we have everything. We have new boats, we have parts, we have accessories, new trailers. We have a complete service department with highly trained technicians. Anything you need to get out on the water, we have. At Marine Warehouse Center, as we've grown over the last few years, now have a large section of marine supplies from start to finish for all your boating needs. What I love about this region is to be able to get out on the water, and also we love to be able to get you out on the water. The best part of working at Marine Warehouse is being able to get involved with the customers and share a love for the water sales they're doing service they're doing parts they're doing it all we love those guys um and uh you know we say they're part of the fishing boating community they're not just you know they're not just selling to it they are interacting whether it's tournaments podcasts whatever it is man they like to be involved yeah absolutely man they do and they like to tell jokes i think is terrell still telling jokes um that would be <laughs> correct billy that would be correct 
Well, I'm excited to I hear this week's didn't joke. answer the phone, but by the fourth time he called me, you know, around <laughs> dinner time, I was like, Jesus, honey, just let me answer this. Let, I'll put him on speakerphone, and you can see how bad my job is. And this is the butte that Terrell had. That he just, I just had to hear during the dinner hour. Are you ready? I'm ready when you are. Again, this is Terrell's joke. This isn't mine. Did you hear about the fish that got caught by a fisherman? I don't like where this is going. Ooh, and now he's in a boatload of trouble. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's our next segment? No, so I'm then I went it. back to eating my my chicken breast. <laughs> and what did your wife say? What was her response? She laughed. She's like you. She's a nicer person than I am. She yeah. laughs. You know. A little charity laugh. You guys are nicer. All right. Well, part of it, man. Part of it. All right, you ready to see a fish photo? Talking about all to. fish. I think there's a bunch of dead fish in here. Let me look. Here we go. We got Scott and Kevin display a two-man limit of speckled trout. Trout were caught on popping corks with live shrimp while fishing the surf on Masonboro Island. So good, uh, good catch of trout there. Yeah, man, that's fitting, huh? Trout and caught from land. We're gonna be talking to Ryan about catching trout from land, catching trout and redfish. And I got to say, Billy, I, I like your style, man. There's more than one way to skin a cat. And if you're questioning your ability to say someone's last name, you just skip over it. You, you just skip over those last their names. first names. And maybe yeah. no one will notice. No and one then, notice. And then maybe Gary won't call it out. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how to pronounce your name. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> <laughs> Get a new name and I'll know. I'm just kidding. Uh, whatever, Gary. Thanks a lot. It's good, um, good thing I'm editing this show. I'll just chop that bit right out. Well, hey, man. Boy, I wish I sure had a coffee. And I wish I had a coffee, too, because my coffee is all empty. That's just the ice that's left over, Gary. And people can help us out by buying us a coffee. So if you go to buymeacoffee.com slash Fisherman's Post, and you can see this little logo right there on the screen. If you're watching this, you'll see it on Buy Me a Coffee. Buymeacoffee.com slash Fisherman's Post. Support Gary and I personally by buying us a cup of coffee. Now, I can't guarantee Gary drinks good quality coffee because I thought it was all Dunkin' Donuts, but I can guarantee I drink good quality coffee and it'll be good, put to good use. So, anyway, Gary, that's my bash against your nasty coffee over there. I'll take it. <laughs> Uncomfortable. Anyway, if you like coffee, comment in the comments below what kind of coffee you like. I'm interested because it's one of my favorite things besides fishing. And please share feedback. Even if you don't buy a coffee, please share feedback. We like to know what topics you want to see us do. We, we uh, relish it, actually. We wish we had more interaction with our viewers and our listeners. Yeah, Gary, Gary, didn't you have somebody uh, like compare you to Barbara Walters? I think. <laughs> when given the choice, when asked my interview style, when given the choice between Barbara Walters or Oprah Winfrey, I was labeled a Barbara Walters, and I would keep that labeling until I made someone cry. And once I made someone cry, I would be a Oprah Winfrey interviewer. Well, let's see if we can turn you into Oprah tonight, huh? Man, I'd love to make Ryan White cry. Been, <laughs> I would too. love to. And he's ripe for it, too. That guy's <laughs> ready to crack at any moment. <laughs> this is going to be wild. I'm so excited. But listen, Billy, speaking of feedback, I come to you, as I do every episode, at the end of my conversation with our guest and ask for Billy's best takeaway. Billy's best takeaway. All right? I'm ready. All right. So now the main event, which is Ryan White of Hatteras Jack and Century Fishing Rods. And we're talking about wade fishing the sound for redfish and trout. And I'm very excited to welcome to the show Ryan White. How you doing, Ryan? Hey, guys. How's it going, Gary? How's it going, Billy? All right, man. Good to see it's you. It's going good. Good to see you there yeah, in good the to, shop. Good to be seen. 
Yeah, man, I'm hanging out in the real shop right now. I uh, tried to find a uh, uncongested area. Well, man, you look like you're set up for success, but you've been on the show before, <laughs> so you know the tradition. The tradition is two questions before we can proceed. The first question, Ryan White, why should we listen to anything you have to say about wade fishing, about redfish, about trout, any of it? Probably shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've... Uh, I've grown up here on the uh, on the banks of the Pamlico Sound. Um, third generation here in the tackle shop. Um, when I was uh, before I had my driver's license, my dad used to put me in the rental boats here behind the shop and uh, turn me loose to take people out on guided trips. So they would rent the boat, and uh, I would captain the boat. But because they were renting the boat, I was a guide and not a captain. I so. Like that. That's the hatter so spirit, I've, I've been, right? I've been doing it a long time. Well, man, I am excited to talk to you, but there is one more question. This is our non-fishing related question. And so right. I was thinking, all right, I'm talking to Mr. White. Here I am today. I'm going to talk to Mr. White. And it brought to Life mind coffee. It brought to mind <laughs> the movie Reservoir Dogs. Uh-huh. Have you seen the movie Reservoir Dogs? There is a Mr. White. It's actually played by Har- Harvey Keitel. And so here, please tell me which one of these characters is not in Reservoir Dogs. Mr. Orange, Mr. Pink, Mr. Purple, Mr. Brown, Mr. Blonde. I'm going to say Mr. Blonde. No, that was actually everyone, like most people's favorite character, the one that sort of takes, uh, the, I... takes the ear <laughs> off. Um, it's Mr. Purple. Mr. Purple is Mr. not Purple. in the movie. That was added by me. But uh, ah. thank you for playing. And let's talk. Yeah, I'm terrible at those games. Let's talk uh, Wade fishing the sound for redfish and trout. I like the I like what we have to talk about. Popping corks, top waters, hard baits, and if there's time, natural baits and flies. But I think you told me in the pre-show notes that popping corks are probably the most effective for your part of the sound. So let's begin with popping corks, Ryan. Yeah, so I mean, uh, the, you know, people come in the store and they ask, you know, what what's the best way to fish the sound? And by far, the popping cork is. Um, it's like it's like ringing a dinner bell for trout and redfish. Um, it gives you a super slow presentation. It gives you uh, the bait suspended in the uh, in the strike zone, um, and it's uh, the big pop from the popping cork. Uh, really, you know, it will actually draw fish in from you know yards and yards away. So uh, it's also uh, you know keeps your keeps your bait out of the bottom, out of the grass. So um, especially here on this side of the sound, we have a lot of uh, uh, both eelgrass on the top and on the bottom. So it really helps keep your uh, keep your lures free from uh, um, grass and other things that that float. So So, let me ask a question here, man. uh, So Hatteras Jack is in Rodanthe, more towards the top of Hatteras Island. People hit you up to fish Rodanthe. They hit you up on their way down. So the so the sound makeup there in your part of or we could just say Hatteras Island. So there's a lot of skinny water that people can just sort of walk out no problem and just start fishing by walking out there, or is it better to fish from a dock or just yeah, from the shore? Yeah, so, like how do you advise in that in that area? Well you know, for the most part in our area, docks don't really do much. They get you from ankle deep to about knee deep. So, you know, docks aren't really the, uh, the, the optimum thing for our areas fishing. Um, so the Pamlico Sound is made up 
uh, pretty much the whole perimeter of the Pamlico Sound is uh, is flats, just like uh, just like what you'd find in like Louisiana or Texas or Florida. I'm excuse me. Uh, it's just miles and miles and miles of uh, flat water uh, with grass and sand bottom. Um, you know, uh, pretty much here in Rodanthe is you can pretty much walk a mile straight out about anywhere you want to and never get over your head. Um, some of our popular spots down here, you know, a lot of guys will wait out two, 300 yards. Um, and uh, as I say, with pretty much any of my fishing, uh, fishing related seminars that I do and everything, Google Earth, um, Google Earth will show you pretty much everything or Bing or whatever your favorite uh, satellite imagery is. Um, but the uh, as far as why we're talking about bottom wise, the uh, the favorite bottom to uh, to fish for uh, trout and redfish is a broken bottom. So what you're looking for is where the sand meets the grass, um, you know, right off of the shore, which is really good early morning and late evening. Or, you know, as the day goes on, you move out a little bit further and try to find a, a mottled bottom where you have patches of uh, sand and a grass bottom. So, so uh, okay, so either where the sand sort of meets a grass bed or within a grass bed, sandy patches that exist within the grass bed. Yeah, so the, the fish, you know, just like anywhere you go, man, fish hang out in structure. And... Uh, the sound for the most part is a large featureless uh, flat bottom, except for the grass. So the fish hang out in the grass, wait for things to come across the sand or patrol the edges of the grass uh, where it meets the sand. And that's where they're, you know, that's, that's where they're going to hunt or uh, wait for prey to come by and uh, make them dinner. And most of this environment that people are fishing is what, two to four feet deep, two to three feet yeah. deep? Yep, yep. The grass takes up about, you know, you hit about knee deep and that's where you're going to start finding your uh, start finding your grass. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's a hundred yard walk out, depending on where you're at, particularly like north side of Rodanthe. Uh, you have to get out past the new bridge before you really start hitting good grass beds. All right. So now bring us bring me back to popping corks. Now that I have a little bit better understanding of what I'm going to target or what I'm walking out to. Mm -hmm. Tell me how to how to best put that popping cork into play. All right, so I'm gonna show you two of our most popular corks here. We have a cupped face cork, as you can see. Oops, that's the, that's the round cork. This is the cup face cork. So the cup face corks uh, work, you know, they make more noise, but they do require uh, a little bit stiffer rod to work well. The, the round corks work better with, um, you know, uh, softer rods, they're easier to work. Uh, what I tell a lot of people is when you have a lot of ambient noise, rougher water, these guys right here are going to be a, a, probably a better choice. And if you're working, you know, calmer water uh, and softer rods, these guys right here are going to work better. Okay. Um, the idea is tying the, uh, tying the popping cork up and then underneath of it, as light a lead head as you can get away with. Um, this is a Z-Man uh, head. This is a eighth ounce with a three O hook. I prefer a larger hook to a smaller hook in the Why? jig heads. Number one, uh, better, uh, better uh, shot, especially trout have weak mouths. So the larger uh, shank on the hook, the deeper you get the hook down into their mouth. So a lot of times you'll lose a lot less fish going with a larger hook. Um, we actually, when we have time, we make our own lead heads here that are 16th of an ounce with a three O uh, hook in them or a four O hook. 
So uh, they work really good. The, the thing about the light lead head is keeping the, uh, keeping the bait in the, what they call the strike zone. So that's the area of the, or the, 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 the area of the water that the fish is feeding in, they call the strike zone. So um, with a lighter head, you get a slower fall, which is imperative, especially in shallow water. I follow that. Yep. So uh, once we do that, we typically go with uh, with a soft plastic in uh, on the on the jig head. Uh, okay. This is a Z-Man. Z-Mans will uh, will hold up a lot better um, than a lot of your other baits. Those are really popular. The Berkeley Gulp, while they're uh, while they are considerably more fragile and the pinfish wreak havoc on them, uh, do get you more action, especially if they're uh, if they're being picky that day. So um, shrimp bodies are probably our favorite. Most of us use between the three and four inch shrimp are the are the most popular sizes. Three and four inch uh, twister tails, three and four inch paddle tails. Um, we even do some wacky rigs and stuff like that. And uh, when there's a lot of small fish out there, I have even gone as far as to getting some of these, uh, well, you know, I was talking about big hooks, but uh, when the small baits are out there, the fry, like early on in the season, these, uh, these small chatter baits work very, very well. Um, and they, again, the lightweight gives you a slow presentation. Um, the pop and cork makes the noise, catches the fish's attention. And uh, then essentially dangles it in front of their face. So how long of a leader and what type of leader material? So I recommend doing uh, no less than 15 pound uh, fluorocarbon. Um, I typically run 20. Uh, you know, if you do wind up getting a decent trout, they do their kill teeth. You know, you go too light on your line. It's, it's easy to lose one. Uh, raking it across their teeth and drum. They have uh, sharp gill plates. So, you know, the, the 20 pound uh, fluoro gives you uh, number one invisibility and number two, it gives you a little, uh, little extra abrasion resistance uh, against, um, against sharp things. Um, rule of thumb is most of the time I try to do, especially, you know, wading, try to do about six inches shallower than the water you're fishing. So when you're using the shrimp bodies, you get your, uh, let's see here. So you get your your shrimp. This is a hard plastic shrimp made by Marker 54. That's pretty cool. We we sell a lot of these in the summertime, uh, but it's actually made for a popping cork. If uh, if you see right, I got it right there. You can see the central uh, the central eyelet there. You can tie onto. So when you jerk it, it makes the shrimp fold up and uh, do this kind of thing like a natural shrimp. But the idea is to get it to kind of hover right over top of the grass. So it looks like naturally a shrimp popping and landing on the grass. So doing their little shrimpy thing, you know. So you have in mind about how deep water you're fishing, and then you tie your leader accordingly, and then you can always adjust if need be. But the ideal length is keeping it from the popping cork down, dangling about six inches off the bottom. Yeah, six inches to a foot. The foot's okay. fine, you know. Um, and, you know, I, I try not to run it much more, even if you're in a boat try not to run it much more than about 36 inches because it does get hard to cast and uh yeah so okay and fluoro you find is a necessary investment especially when the water's clear you know if you're if you if you got a little bit of time to spend you're down here for a week or a weekend or whatever you know don't don't be afraid to pull out all the stops you know make your fishing make your fishing time count 
do the best you can do. And I think you already alluded to that. Well, I got a couple of questions. I think you already alluded to this. So for wade fishing, you're telling people your best chances of success are early morning or or before sunset, not necessarily during yeah, the Yeah, early of the day. morning and late evening for sure. And late evening. What about middle of the day? Is it worth my while or you might as well just middle wait? Of the, and if you can get out there, it's always better than sitting at home watching television. Uh, but your, you know, your prime times are early morning and late evening. Um, here in Rodanthe, we have the uh, the Rodanthe Channel that comes out of the harbor here, and is uh, really pretty pretty easily accessible. So as the day goes on, you can go deeper into the grass flats, and you can also uh, go to the channel and work the edges of the channel, pretty much using the same uh, the same tackle you're using with the popping cork, just removing the popping cork and working the drop offs on the channels. And then my other follow-up question i think this will i think this might wrap up our pop and cork conversation well maybe not i just thought of another question um do i need to get crazy with overthinking about colors about my soft plastic on a jig head or um, is, or can you just be guilty of overthinking it well typically i do like you know uh i'll take one natural color one wacky color and you know maybe one kind of uh kind of in between so probably our best seller here for fishing the flats is going to be the new penny color that's probably that or the pearl white are probably our best producers but you know i also like to have a motor oil or a molting color with me and you know i also like to take uh you know like a like a chartreuse pearl or an electric chicken or something like that out there just you know if one's not working go ahead and pop another one on and try it out all right um so, you know, but the, I'm going to say our, our best, best two are probably the new penny and uh, the pearl white. Okay. Now I'm, I'm thinking this is my last question, but I retain the right to think of another question while you're answering this one. As far as the action. So how often are we popping? How severely are we popping? And is it imperative to be like regular or do we definitely want to mix it up and make it an irregular popping? You, you know, Gary, I'm glad you asked that question, because if you didn't ask that question, I was going to come back with a follow up and be like, well, let me talk to you a little bit about how to work. Good. So uh, when you're working a popping cork, you want to strike it. And I mean, not, not like <laughs> nah, I'm talking bang. You want it to you want to pop. You want to you want to make some noise. Again, it's like ringing the dinner bell, you know? Uh, if you don't ring it loud enough, the guys in the field aren't gonna hear you and they're gonna miss dinner and you don't want that. But um, the, the way, the, and the other, the other key to it is, so the, the hit it hard, the other key is to give it a pause. The pause, I can't emphasize the pause enough. So whether you take the, take your pop, we you cast your popping cork out, um, let it sit a second or two, wait for the bobber to correct itself and stand up. That means your bait is all the way at the bottom. So when your popping cork stands up straight, that means your bait's all the way at the bottom of its pull or at the bottom of its drop. So you can, you can pop, 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 and then let it sit. And I'm talking like count to 10. Don't be afraid to give it a 10 count because a lot of the times you'll find when you go to pop it again, that's when you get a strike. Uh, watch the bobber because that's going to be your strike indicator. So, um, you know, you can do it pop and pause, or you can do pop, 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 and let it pause, or you can do, you know, pop, pause, pop, pause, pop, pause, pop, 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 pop long pause. But the key is 
big pop and give you know every so often give it a really long pause for the fish to actually be able to hone in and find your bait and you know uh he be able to run it down it actually man could you please run through all those different options one more time all the different pops yeah, and pause totally, i mean i just um, want to make sure that my viewers so and my listeners you know <laughs> don't get confused so if you could please walk us through each scenario again no so I, <laughs> <laughs> I actually, you'll call my bluff, so I'm going to call you out. I'm not going to let you do you it because you'd call my bluff. I, I would, I would do it three or four more times. I believe you. Just, just to say pop. I believe you. Pop. I'm not doubting you. You win. So pop. Ryan, final thoughts Pause. on popping corks. If you don't have final thoughts on popping corks, or after your final th thoughts on popping corks, man, let's talk about top water because I think people would be excited about a top water hookup you know, while they're wade fishing. That sounds, that sounds pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So the, the other thing I want to talk about before I get off of popping corks is water that you're, that you're fishing, making sure that you hit every bit of it, you know, work fantastic, work your area, start at one side, cast, 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 cast. So in other words, when you get to your grass bed and you start fishing, um, you know, you should take 10 minutes to, to work that area, 15 minutes to work the area that you're standing at. So you're standing in one place and work the area hard, work it thoroughly, change colors. Um, don't, you know, don't, don't make two or three casts and walk on because you may just walk right on past them. Um, the other thing is make sure that you work those popping corks along the edges of where the sand and grass meet. I know I said something about that earlier, but I want to emphasize that where the sand and grass meet, because that's where the fish are going to sit and that's where they're going to ambush the prey at. So work the water extremely well, fantastic. And when you see a, a break in the grass where the sand meets the grass, work that especially hard. All right. I mean, it makes so sense. So there's my follow-up on popping corks. That's a good final thought. So top water me. Top water. So, um, top water bites, those are that go, you know, when you're doing top water, that goes the, the early morning and late evening goes double time. And that also means prior to the sun coming up and after the sun going down. Um, a lot of your, the colors you're going to choose are going to depend on, uh, you know, how much light you have. And, um, but yeah, early, early morning, and late, late evening are going to be your prime times for top water. Um, there's a couple of different ones I'm just going to touch on real quick. The two, the two primary. All right. So the first thing we're going to talk about is going to be the lip baits. So this is a lip bait or a twitch bait. Uh, this is made by boat up lures. Thank you. Um, these are made by boat up lures. Uh, twitch bait. And there's, you know, it's, it's essentially a Rapala. Uh, this is a pinfish color, so it gives you a little bit of both worlds. You have your light belly, so and you got your dark top, so it's kind of it works good in in a lot of situations. Um, I'm going to show you a Zara Spook here, uh, Super Spook. This one's uh, this one's black and yellow, so again gives you a little combination. You know, early early morning before the sun comes up, um, darker colors. You know, purple, black um dark green those are going to be really good uh as a rule of thumb uh dark dark water dark conditions dark lures they throw a better silhouette um, when it's dark outside the fish feed off of shadow not flash 
you have to be able to get light to the bait for flash to work. Um, so we talk about flash. This is a little bit, a little bit lighter color here. Um, you see, that's a that's a white color. So that's gonna that's gonna do better. You know, once the sun comes up, or uh, or once uh, you know you got a little bit little bit lighter a uh, little bit lighter conditions, clearer water. Um, so yeah. Uh, any questions about that? Yeah, man. Are we targeting the same exact habitat that we just covered with popping corks? You know, Pretty the same much, depth, yeah. the same yep. sand and, yep. and same grass depth, meeting. Same looking, looking for the broken bottom and the grass beds. Um, looking for where the grass meets the sand. Um, we're we're looking looking for the same area, and we'll work the same areas. And important to be stealth. Important just as much with the popping corks to fan cast and just cover as much water mm -hmm. as possible. Yep, fan casting, regardless of what you're fishing, fan casting and working the water thoroughly, changing colors again is going to be very important. Um, and as far as technique goes, the, the, the spook style baits are a little bit different than the, than the lift baits. The lift baits, you're going to work more on a twitching style um, or what's known as a twitching style. So you're going to cast out, let the bait hit the water and the lift bait's going to float and you're going to you're going to give it a little jerk or like, so just a. Crank up your slack. Make sure you keep tent, uh, contact with your bait at all times. So you're going to give it a twitch, 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 twitch. And that thing's going to swim down below. And then it's going to pop back up and sit on top of the surface again. So, you know, the popular way is twitch. And most of these guys have rattles in them. So it's going to be similar to the popping cork and catching the fish's attention. Um, you know, giving it, a, giving it a couple of cranks on your reel, you know, crank, 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 crank 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 and then let it pop back up so when you're cranking or when you're twitching you're going to cause that bait that lipped bait to dive down under the water and then pop back up when you stop when do uh, most um, bites happen on that twitch bait just like the popping cork on the pause okay so back up even of, sitting on the surface fine yep okay yep there so when you pause it and that thing stops and it starts fluttering back up that's when they're going to hit it okay man um, same thing with your spooks. So your fish and spooks or, uh, you know, what you can so small pencil poppers, anything, what you're doing with that is you're walking the dog. So you cast out and you're going to twitch the top of your, your rod and you're going to make the, the bait dance back and forth. And, uh, that is produced by a, a continuous jerking motion, cranking and jerking at the same time and, uh, keeping a little bit of slack between your bait and the tip of your rod. And that little bit of slack causes the tip of the, the front of the, the bait to bounce back and forth on top of the water. Um, and both the, both the twitch bait and the, uh, and the spook, you're gonna, you're gonna work, 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 pause, work, 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 pause, or work, pause, work, pause, work, pause. You know, you can, you know, mix it up a little bit, see what they like. Um, and also, you know, if you if there's uh, if there's mullet in the area, you know, you can try to match up your mullet. If there's a lot of shrimp, try and get something that has kind of a color to a shrimp. You know, matching the hatch is also good. Man, uh, I I think I'm at final topwater thoughts, and then we'll go to hard baits, which I'm guessing are subsurface. But anything anything left to share about topwaters? Wade in the sound. Man, I'm just going to emphasize the uh, the early morning and the late evening is going to be the big thing. Um, you know, early morning is by far going to be your best opportunity for top water. So get out before the sun rises. 
Um, if you're squeamish about waiting uh, before the sun rises, probably top water is not going to be your game unless you get into a boat. <laughs> but, um, you know, the uh, early, early morning, early morning. Okay, man. So what about other what about other hard baits? What about subsurface hard baits? So um, the twitch baits, again, the, the lip baits work good for that. Um, these guys right here, uh, again, and it's just going to be a steady retrieve. So this would be something working the edges of the channel. Like I was talking about the red anti-channel where you have a little bit of depth casting across the channel and then dragging the bait straight back across the channel, not giving it the pause. And this would be like a more of a midday kind of thing or uh, a super, super, um, super small lipped bait. Um, the, uh, the Shimano wax wings work very well. Uh, this is, this is one of the Shimano wax wings. It's a subsurface. It runs very shallow. Um, they say these guys right here run, uh, about two feet at the, at the, um, range half to one foot. Sorry. So that's perfect for working shallow water in the sound. And these are just a steady retrieve. They swim, 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 and then all of a sudden they break off to one side and then they come back in line and swim, 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 and then break off to the other side in an erratic motion. And typically on those guys, when you have your break off to one side or the other, that's when you get your hit. Um, I'm going to go back to the marker 54 also. Um, and these guys also have a, uh, let's see if I can get it in the picture. See the front eyelet there in front of the bait. Yep. So you can pull these along from the front side also. So that's another good one to use in the, uh, in as far as hard baits go. Uh, a, lot, a lot of guys will throw mirror lures also, um, using mirror lures in the sandy bottoms. Um, you will find some of the, sometimes you'll find the trout uh, dropped off on the backside of the reef uh, on the sound side. And what we refer to as the reef is, it's talking about the whole perimeter of the sound being a big flat. Well, there's a raised sandbar out there around the edges of that perimeter, around the edges of the flats, and then it drops off on the backside of that to about, you know, six, eight, ten feet, depending on where you're at. Uh, a great place to go and uh, and bait fish for big red drum in the summertime, also, when you when you get some rough water. But that's probably for another uh, another episode. But um, you know, uh, you'll, you know, uh, suspended baits such as the mirror lures work really good in those applications where you you got a little bit deeper water without the, without all the grass. Well, I would say yes. Targeting the big red from the sound on that outer perimeter might be another podcast episode that I'm happy to do with you. But before we leave wade fishing, some guys just believe in bait, you know, they believe in bait and artificials. So for that two to three foot, two to four foot range, maybe under a pop and cork or, or however you would advise if I just came in and said, man, I'll throw some of these artificials, but I also just like to soak some bait or throw out a live bait. What do you got for me in that category? So really under a pop and cork, live bait works pretty well. Uh, mud minnows and, uh, and um, uh, finger mullet do work very well. Uh, so do shrimp under a, uh, under a pop and cork. Uh, you just kind of have to tone your popping down a little bit so you don't rip their face off. Um, very easy to do. So um, the the bit the problem that we run into with live bait typically is pinfish. Uh, the pinfish out here in the sound are tremendous and hungry. They're tremendous and hungry, tremendously hungry pinfish. So um, you know a lot of times you will get the eyeballs and gills and things like that eaten out of your uh, out of your live bait out here. So. Um, 
the the real way to, that we found that works the best for natural baits and sound is uh, is actually chunk fishing, and that's done from the bank. And there are some uh, some areas um, here in the Pamlico Sound, particularly between Avon and Salvo, um, on the sound side, that produce very well with uh, cut bait, and that uh, that typically happens on a southwest wind where we have the water pushed way up against the shore. I think you've experienced this once or twice, Gary. I have. I've been fortunate yeah. enough. Yeah. So then um, there may have even been some gangster rap played, and <laughs> maybe something drank. I, I don't know. I can't remember. It's been so long ago. But uh, there's uh, the 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 bait fishing on the sound side is extremely productive for redfish and trout. Um, also, early season, like right now, we we see a lot of larger size bluefish. You know, up to about ten or twelve pounds. Um, and what we're doing for that is we're using a drum rig. You've got your uh, typically a three or a four ounce uh, pyramid sinker on a sinker slide. Let's see if I can get that in front of the. There you go. So that's your sinker on your sinker slide. Um, and then we're using a drum rig, you know, about a four inch leader with a swivel on the top. I'm going to get it on in front of the right camera here. There's your swivel, and we're looking at this is about a six-odd hook, but, you know, you want to use at least a four-odd hook for it. And we're using uh, cut-up mullet seems to be the best all-around bait. Uh, the You know, cutting it into taking your mullet, scale it, fillet your mullet just like you're going to eat it, and uh, cutting it into small squares about, about so big, you know, about an inch or so in, in diameter and trying to bury that hook in there. Um, and part of the game there is you just let the pinfish go in there and bang on it as long as they want. And when the tip stops bouncing, you crank it back in, put a new piece of bait on and throw it back out. And uh, you try to hit the same spot. And a lot of times the activity of the pinfish picking at your, uh, at your natural bait will draw in the bigger predator fish. So, um, you know, there's a, I call it a secondary, secondary bite or a secondary response. To the to the primary, which are the pinfish in there picking on your bait, and then the big boy comes in and is like, "Nah, man, I want this for myself." So, um, and so not so much yeah. wade fishing for that, but more just land based sound fishing. You know, just yeah. Well, the, the key is again hitting the edges of the grass beds. So if so, a lot of the times you have to wade out to cast to hit the grass beds, depending. You know, if you're if you got some you know nice uh, nice surf equipment, stuff like that, the, you know, something like you would use for pompano or whiting at long range would work really well. You know, something 11, 10, 11, 12 feet long. That's finds its sweet spot in like three and four ounces works really well. Uh, good bite detection is always a, always a big plus. And, uh, if you're interested in that, I, I know a rod company that makes some really nice stuff. They do make some really nice stuff. It's some of my favorite. I have a couple They're two of my favorite. Hey, uh, Walk me through the calendar. Like, if I like the idea of trying to catch trout and/or red drum there in the sound behind Hatteras Island, when is the best time for the best times for each species? Well, it's a, it's a great summertime thing. So you know, if you're down here on vacation in the summertime, pretty much all summer long, um, you'll find the trout in the sound starting out. You know, you if you find them on the on the mud flats and up around the inlets, drum and trout. I mean, you can find them all year long really uh but uh you know here here in rodanthe hatteras buxton you're gonna start seeing you know a few randoms showing up late march early april and uh it just progressively gets better until you know um 
June, we start to see, you know, late May, early June, we start to see a lot of, a lot of, a lot of big trout start to show up. We've been seeing a lot of big trout showing up already, Uh, you know, four or five pounders. Um, Last year, one of my buddies was down here fishing in the backyard and caught probably the the longest trout I have ever seen in my life. Uh, I mean, it was just huge. It was just, he had it, he held it in between him like this and it just hung over each side like a, like a pool noodle. It was, uh, it was ridiculous, but, um, you know, this time of year, you start to see a lot of big ones and, uh, you know, midsummer, you're going to start to see them, you know, probably taper off into, you know, the larger fish are going to be 20 inches, 17 to 20 inches, you know, a lot of 15, 16 inch fish. And, uh, then you'll see some more big fish in the fall. Um, drum they're they're pretty much, uh, you know, you can, you can find them a good bit of the year also, but, uh, same time, uh, early, uh, you know, you're starting to see them showing up right now and, uh, we'll have, you know, I was, I was seeing them out when I would paddleboard in the, in the wintertime, I would see, you know, fish out there on the flats. Seems like they get a bit of a lock jaw during the winter though, where they don't really want to feed on, on, uh, on bait sometimes when you find them, but the, nonetheless, they are out there. Man, this was a good conversation, Ryan. This was an enjoyable topic, man. I, I love the uh, the challenge. I love getting out of the boat. I love being walking. I love fishing from shore. I love that challenge and adding that to my repertoire. And I think you laid it out for us pretty good. Um, anything, I'll tell you what, one last thing I'll ask you to do is, you know, Hatteras Jack right there in Rodanthe, first tackle shop as you're coming down the island. Just give us a quick description of what Hatteras Jack offers anyone who wants to target Hatteras Island for fishing. Man, we've, you know, anything for Hatteras Island, we pretty much have it. Uh, you know, we're schooled in surf, boat, inshore, offshore. We can we can talk to you about just about everything. Um, we build a, an array of custom rods that we ship all over the world. Um, you know, Century is our primary brand, but we work with uh, several other companies also. Um, so we can, we can get you set up for, you know, if you, you want something to last you a week and spend 50 bucks, we can get you set up there. Uh, if you want something to last a lifetime, you didn't want to mind dropping a paycheck, we can get you done there too. So, uh, you know, we cater to all levels of fishing. Uh, we, we pride ourselves on our staff and their knowledge and, uh, their willingness to help. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're in the Outer Banks, you know, even if, uh, even if you're not staying in Red Anthe, stop in and see us on your way in and we'll, we'll get you dialed in on where, where the fish are and what to do. And, uh, if you'd like to pick up some tackle while you're there, we'll certainly point you in the right, dire- right direction for uh, for what you're going to need for your stay on Hatteras. All right, man. It was fun, Ryan. Stay sane out Likewise, there. Likewise, guys. I always I always enjoy chatting with you and uh, look forward to the next time. Yeah, man. Uh, me too. Gary, Gary, Gary. <clears throat> you guys behaved yourselves. I was pretty impressed. I almost made that comment. To, I, I like, almost said, Ryan, I am so proud of you for how you kept the conversation up here yeah. and not down here. Yeah, you guys did pretty good. I was I was interested. Just all the pre-show talk, I'm like, this could go south. <laughs> <laughs> this could be my hard drive crashed episode. <laughs> <laughs> and I do have to say, because I have sound fished with Ryan, and I have caught out, you know, chunked out mullet and caught trout. And redfish with them, and that gangster rap is real. I had no idea on a serene, <laughs> peaceful night out at peacefully quiet Hatteras just how well two live crew goes in that scenario. I didn't, I didn't realize, but once he started playing it, I was like, you know, this makes sense. Oh my gosh, dude! Yeah, I, I would, I've been, yeah. Anyway, I don't think I would have wanted been on that trip, but I'd like to have a recording of that trip. That would have been interesting. 
And another shout out to Marine Warehouse Center. We really appreciate those guys. And uh, until the next time, remember to go pop, 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 pop. I learned all kinds of popping patterns. That's my Hey, and if you're in the Wilmington area, you know, just stop by and, and give Terrell some new jokes. So just if you're, you know, you don't even have to buy anything. Just stop in and say, hey, Terrell, I need to help you out, man. Uh, you know, let me let me help you do better. <laughs> It's going to have like a bunch of people stop by and give jokes. That'd be hilarious. I would be so lucky. <laughs> well, Gary, it's been great, man. We'll see you in the next episode here. Next episode. Fisherman.